0: Hello, my name is Lisa Yamas, and welcome to Deadly Music. So on this podcast, we're mainly just going to talk about mysteries and murders that are involved in the music industry. Today, we're going to talk about the assassination of John Lennon. Okay, so who is John Lennon? So I'm sure we know of John Lennon being the guitarist for possibly the world's most famous band in The Beatles. However, we're just going to go a little bit more into the life of John Lennon. So, John Winston Lennon was born of October 9th, 1940 to Alfred Lennon and Julius Stanley Lennon in Liverpool, England. From what I gathered, Alfred was not a big part of John's life. By the time that John was five, his parents had already separated, and he would claim that he wouldn't really see his father ever again until he grew up and he became big with the Beatles. Okay, so flash forward into 1957. John met Paul McCartney, and they formed a band called the Quarrymen. I I believe that's what they were called. Uh, a little bit later, they ended up adding George into the band. They changed the band name to the Silver, Silver Beats. And this is when they actually signed for a record company. After they signed for the record company, is when Ringo became a part of the band and they finally finalized the name as The Beatles. I wasn't able to find a really solidified story of how The Beatles got their name. There was a lot of different stories that were circling around, so although I really wanted to add that, I wasn't able to find any solid evidence on exactly when. I mean, when, where, why, what the name came from. So it was in 1952 when the Beatles released their first single, Love Me Do, and they instantaneously became superstars. It was also that year when he married his first wife, wife, Cynthia. They later would have three kids. Um, From what I gathered from that marriage, it was very toxic. It was very shaky, just a lot of arguments. Um, However... With that being said, (laughs) a year later they ended up putting their first album, uh, Please Please Me, and this really solidified their spot into the pop culture. Stars that they are, they were at a place of fame that was unprecedented before. Now it was in 1966 when John and Yoko Ono first met. This would be severely controversial because at the time he was still married to Cynthia. However, it is determined that their affair So pretty soon after that they met. Uh, So with that being said, it was in 1968 whenever John and Yoko actually got arrested for drug charges for having marijuana. Uh, Just two months later, him and his wife Cynthia would get a divorce. So at this time, you can see it was maybe a little bit stressful. Uh, It was in, I believe, 1969 when him and Yoko actually finally got married. Uh, It was a very private ceremony. Uh, from what I gather, not a lot of people were really there and invited. Okay, 1970 was the year that the Beatles finally announced that they were breaking up. The band was breaking up. Uh, people felt that they needed to, like, blame someone, and Yoko was in the limelight for this. Uh, you know, she had very different political views, anti-war, very peaceful. However, it was very radical at the time. Uh, Still a little bit radical as we can look at it. Uh, She was influencing John. Now, for good, for better, or for worse, uh, that's really up to you. However, she was influencing John and changing him a bit, and a lot of people were angry about this, uh, and they really wanted to pin, pin the blame on her. However, I think there's a lot of other reasons why they departed, I think it was just time, but I think when your favorite band breaks up, you really want to know the reason why. After going solo, John and Yoko actually worked on a lot of projects together. She is a very artistic person, and she still is a very artistic person. It was in 1971 when John put out his possibly most famous solo song, Imagine, and he would later actually give credit to Yoko for writing, and he would give credit to her for a lot of their projects. It was in 1980 when they released Double Fantasy. It was John's album uh, that they were actually collaborating on together. And even though it was the last finalized project, they were still working on projects together, such as Yoko's project. I believe it was called Walking on Thin Ice. Now, the morning of December 8th, 1980, John and Yoko were leaving the apartment to go work on this very project when they walked into Mark David Chapman. Okay so who is Mark David Chapman? Mark David Chapman was born May 10th 1955 to David Curtis Chapman and Catherine Peace in Fort Worth Texas. From what I gathered Mark would claim that his father was very loving uncaring towards him and very physical and abusive towards his mom so as you can tell it was very toxic home environment it wasn't a very good place to be Um, he, his friends would later claim that at the time he would say he wanted this godlike power over people. Now you can only imagine that he really wanted this because he had no control over his home life. So by the time he was 14, he was already getting in trouble. Uh, he was skipping classes, he was involved with drugs, and it was actually at that age when he got arrested from what I gathered to be a very aggressive LSD trip. So after this, uh, Mark would become born again Christian, and it seemed that his life was possibly looking up for him. He was, he ended up volunteering at his local YMCA. He would later, just two years, uh, hold a district position for that YMCA. He'd work at a refugee camp. Um, and, you know, it really seemed like that he was a good, outstanding citizen at the time. So we're just gonna, Flash forward to after he came back from the refugee camp, uh, that's when we see a little bit of another downhill escalation. He had a long-term girlfriend at the time, however, he ended up breaking it off with her because he felt this immense amount of guilt and suicidal thoughts, and he ended it with her. In 1978, he had a job at a hospital as a printer and he ended up getting fired for an altercation that happened with a nurse. I wasn't really able to find what exactly happened, but as you can imagine, not a very good way to leave a job. However, soon after that is when he married Gloria Abe and you would think that life was looking up for him again. He found another woman, he seemed happy, he got married. Uh, However, he was planning something very sinister. It was three months that he was planning the murder of John Lennon. However, we can deem that this was possibly going on for much longer than that because he did have such an extensive list. He had a list ranging from Paul McCartney, Ronald Reagan, Elizabeth Taylor. He just narrowed it down to John. So, it was of October of 1980. He actually made his first trip to New York with the intention to murder John Lennon. However, he ended up going back to Hawaii because he was unsure of his thoughts, he didn't think it was a good idea, he went home and he planned a meeting with a therapist or a psychiatrist just to work some stuff out. He ended up skipping this meeting, though. He did not go to it. Uh, He did talk to his wife, tell her what he was planning, and he would later say that he held some resentment over her for... for not trying to stop him. I think he was trying to, you know, shift some blame onto her. Um, Mark, you were the one that chose this. However, looking towards Gloria, Gloria, what are you doing? Because personally, if my husband said he was going to go murder someone, I would think that that would be time for an intervention. So I don't know if she just thought it was so outlandish and unbelievable, or if she just felt so loyal to him. So he headed back to New York in December, uh, December 6th. From what I gathered, um, he he bought John's newest album, Double Fantasy, and a copy of the book Catcher in the Rye. From what I gathered, he was very obsessed with this book at the time and very obsessed with the main character. I think a very interesting thing about this book is that not only did it have um, lots of influence over this murder, it had lots of influence over the man that tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. He was also very obsessed with the main character of this book. Um, just to skim back over that, we're going to go to the day of December 8th, 1980. Uh, he was waiting outside of John's apartment and this is where the two timelines meet and we're going to go a little bit further into this day. I'm going to take one little step back uh, to 12 p.m. So there is some timeline disagreements over it, some dispute. From what I gathered, most sources say that he just barely missed John. Some sources say that him and John did see each other. However, what we do know is that at 1230 John did hold a little bit of a sort of press meeting, media meeting, talking to the media about his views on Um, anti-war, women's rights, just his political views. Uh, He later went back into the apartment. Uh, At this time he had a photo shoot with Yoko with Rolling Stones magazine. 5 p.m. is when Yoko and John would actually leave their apartment to go to the recording studio and they were greeted by fans. So he was signing autographs and one of the people that came up to him was Mark David Chapman. Um, There's a lot of dispute over Mark being whether he was the very last autograph of John or if he was just one of them. So I don't really know about that. Anyways, he asked John for the autograph. John, of course, said yes. After this, he asked, do you need anything else? Mark would note in a later interview, he felt that this was very strange because he didn't have a camera or anything else from John. So what else could he need? Uh, Mark really believes that he possibly knew something um, in his intuition. So After this, John and Yoko left. Mark claimed that he would ask a woman there named Juke to go on a date with him. She declined. He would say that, oh, if I went on this date, it would have never happened. However, I think this is again him trying to shift some blame, say he wasn't really planning it because later in the very same interview, he said, oh no, but I would have done it the next day. So take what you want. There it is. 10.50 is when John and Yoko started coming back to their apartment, and Mark was waiting there for them. Uh, Yoko walked out of the car. Uh, Mark said that he nodded at her. She did not acknowledge him. Um, John was walking 20 feet behind Yoko. They made eye contact, however, he did not really acknowledge him again. When they were walking in the apartment, Mark took two steps out and fired off his gun. Um... He would claim that he was surprised the gun was working just because he thought that maybe the airplane would have messed with it. So police soon arrived on the scene. Um, Some of the police officers thought it was very strange because Mark was very calm. He seemed very polite. Just not someone that you would imagine just murdered. Possibly one of the world's best-known musicians. Um... They actually ended up taking John in a police car because the ambulance was going to be too late to arrive. They drove him up to the hospital. He ended up sadly passing away within 30 minutes. Uh, The doctors worked incredibly hard. However, he had four bullet wounds in his chest, three exiting out of his back. So at this time, Yoko pleaded with the hospital not to give a press statement out yet. She wanted to get home to her son, let him know what happened. However, sadly, there was an ABC News reporter there um, getting treated for a motorcycle accident. He talked to his higher-ups, they talked to another news station, and it was broadcasted over live air of a football game. Uh, Ringo would actually fly out. He would console Yoko, play with Sean, Um, They ended up not having a funeral for John, they had a prayer with everyone. Um, At the time, there, I believe it was three Beatles fans that committed suicide and Yoko actually had to give a press statement out just to not give in to these thoughts. So, before the trial, Mark was assessed by over a dozen different psychologists uh, with 200 hours of clinical interviews. So, his side would claim that he was, in fact, psychotic. One of them saying that he was schizophrenic. One of them saying he was manic depressed. Sorry, manic depressive. Uh, the prosecution say he was just short of psychotic, with just various different uh, personality disorders. Now, the court-appointed expert said that he was, in fact, delusional. However, he was competent for trial. Mark would end up getting 20 to life with chances of parole. He actually did have um, parole one of his chances uh, last month. He was, again, in fact, He was cut, he was like, I don't know. You're staying in jail. Uh, So really it's believed he will never get out of prison solely because the fact that his life will be in danger just because of who he killed. So he will probably never, ever be allowed out of jail. So his original court appointed lawyer ended up backing out of the case solely because there were so many death threats on his life. And he just decided that he didn't wanna deal with it Uh, His new legal team said that he needs to go with the insanity plea. However, Mark would claim uh, I'm sorry. Mark would go with the um, He would plead guilty. Sorry. I don't know why words are hard today. Sorry He would plead guilty claiming that God told him to do so Mark at this time for six years straight. He wouldn't take any interviews claiming that he did not do this for fame so Why did he do it? um In the beginning Mark was claiming that he, or you know, after that six year period, claimed that he was very angry at John. He was, he said he was a huge Beatles fan, a huge John Lennon fan, but he was mad at John for his political views, Um, specifically in his songs such as God and Imagine. um, His quote of saying that the Beatles were more famous and popular than God, he, it was more of a religious thing to him that he was mocking his religion. Uh, I think it was a little bit more than that because he was quoted saying, he told us to imagine no possessions. And there he was with millions of dollars in yachts and farms and country estates, laughing at the people like me that believed in his lies. So he was upset and angry. I think he thought that John was a phony, a hypocrite. He was mad. Um, so that was what he claimed why he killed him however in 2010 he would retract this statement and say that he did in fact do it for fame uh he i mean if you look at his list of people elizabeth taylor paul mccartney ronald reagan they don't really all match up together so He claimed that he just had a list, and he chose who he believed was the most famous and most accessible. And at the time, John actually made himself insanely accessible to his fans because he wanted to be in touch with them, he wanted to see them, he wanted to talk to them. They were a very important part of his life, and sadly, that is what put the target on his back. So, which version? I mean, he's gone back and forth. Personally, I'm leaning towards he did it for fame, sadly enough. However, I think maybe a little bit of the religion and the anger did have to deal with it. However, I don't, like, I think that he was just doing that as he went through the list. Oh, why, like, why is this more okay? Um, I think at the end of the day, he did it for fame, and it's disgusting. Okay, so looking into the life of John Lennon, he left a huge legacy behind, along with his music making a huge statement on pop culture and along with how open he was with his political views. And I think that's very important that people of such a status can be open with their fans and brutally honest. So with that being said, my name is Lisa Yamas, Hope to see you again and welcome to Deadly Music.